Hello and welcome to another episode of Unstoppable Overcomers. I am your host, Dorothy O'Dell, and tonight's sponsor of our show is Bonnie er uh, Herb with Deuterra Essential Oils. You definitely want to get a hold of uh, Bonnie and be oily with Bonnie. You can go to her website at www.beoilywithbonnie.com or shoot her a text at 810-414-0929. As well, we still have our fundraiser going on and every dollar counts for Camaraderie Rescue Mission. Uh, you know, we have 44 veterans dying by suicide per day and we know that that needs to stop. So in order to do that, we need our programs funded so that we can help more people. Go to tinyurl.com backslash hope for vets to donate today. Like I said, every dollar counts and we would greatly appreciate that. All right. I am super excited to bring to the stage Howard Brown. Howard, welcome to the show. How are you doing, Dorothy? I'm excited to be here. It's awesome. Yes, absolutely. So tell our audience a little bit about yourself. So besides being, uh, you know, a husband, a dad, a son, a brother, you know, and all that, I am uh, a technology entrepreneur and I've, uh, I've lived a little bit. And uh, I, I love doing uh, uh, technology innovation and mentoring of, uh, of startup businesses. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, we all get knocked down in life. And I've been knocked down very hard uh, with two stage four cancer uh, diagnosis. And I am alive and breathing. So I am grateful. Uh, I am blessed and I am lucky. Wow, that it, that's powerful, you know, not once but twice to, to get that uh, that disease. And everybody that has been following us here knows that that is uh, definitely one of those things that we, I'm trying to think of the proper word. We definitely support our, our um, cancer survivors, cancer patients, cancer, anybody who has a connection with cancer, um, you know, we've been hit with it here too. So we definitely um, are here for you, Howard. So thanks for sharing that. And so what is a technical entrepreneur? I just have to ask that. I've never heard of it that way. So there's entrepreneurship of all kinds. So I, I went to the number one school in the world for entrepreneurship, Babson College, and very involved there. And so entrepreneurship takes many flavors, many shapes, many sizes. Uh, I particularly focused on technology. So a technology entrepreneur is typically making and building at, at one time Web 1.0 websites and then moving on to you know, mobile applications, technology okay. platforms, um, you know, uh, cloud computing platforms, things like that. That's what I consider a definition of a technology entrepreneur. Innovation. Right. Okay, perfect. And so when were you first diagnosed with, with cancer? So um, I was 23 years old. I was starting my career uh, with a big computer company called NCR. And I noticed a little bump on my cheekbone. And as I was driving to uh, Dayton, Ohio, and it took uh, months to diagnose it. But once I got diagnosed, it was stage four T-cell non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, blood cancer of the lymphatic system. Uh, very aggressive and uh, not a good prognosis at all at age 23 and a half. So I moved home with mom and dad back to, back to the suburbs of Boston. Right. Now that might, that must have been kind of something there. You know, what was running through your thoughts when you first got that diagnosis and had to move back with your parents? Well, it was a choice to move back with my parents because I was living in a, alone in Dayton, Ohio. Um, I, I honestly, I was the deer in the headlights. Remember, no computers, 
no cell phones and no internet back in 1989. So um, once I got diagnosed at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston, a great worldwide you know, institution for cancer research, as uh, my dad went out to the library and he got a book on cancer. We checked out a book to learn what I had. And plus we had you know, information and paperwork that was you know, printed out for us from the, uh, or handed to us from the cancer hospital. So it was really a different time. It was a slower time. Um, and I was 23 and um, just kind of didn't even grasp what, what was going on really. I was in denial uh, um, and I just had to learn, learn as she goes. That, that's kind of how I put it. Um, so we all learned together, my family. Yes, and and learning at the learning curves that we all go through together is, is something else, right? So for sure. Um, and so you said you got that at the first time at cancer, the first time at twenty three. When was the next time you were diagnosed? Then so you roll the clock forward. A lot of living. I survived uh, non Hodgkin's lymphoma uh, with a bone marrow transplant from my twin sister. So they extracted her bone marrow out of her hip bones. And they injected that in me on May 24th, 1990. And um, like anything with an organ or a blood system, if they're going to transplant that from human to human, uh, the body can reject it immediately and you can die. Uh, it can reject it over time and you can die. Um, I was very fortunate. She was a 25% chance of a match, but she turned out to be a 100% match. And her immune system grew within me and that actually beat the uh, the cancer cells and, um, and got me to... Um, eventually a five-year remission. So very, very lucky miracle number one. I mean, there's going to be a couple more miracles coming, but um, roll the <laughs> clock forward uh, to age 50. Um, I'm now married for 22 years. I, I have a daughter who's a freshman in high school and I went in for my 50-year-old uh, you know, medical exam, just my uh, annual physical. And they said, it's time for, your, uh, time for your colonoscopy. Now that age has now dropped to 45. And I wish I would have had it at 45 or 40 because we probably wouldn't be talking right now. Um, I might have had, you know, no cancer or uh, a very earlier stage cancer. But um, uh, on June 4th of, of 2016, I was diagnosed uh, after colonoscopy uh, with stage three colon cancer. And um, I immediately had surgery where they removed 13 inches of my colon and uh, lymph nodes and margin. I uh, installed a chemotherapy port and I started chemotherapy in August of that year and um, started the, the six year battle of, uh, of, of actually going from stage three to metastatic stage four where and more surgeries and where it spread from outside of my colon into my liver and into my stomach lining called my peritoneum momentum and my bladder. And when it spreads, that's bad news. Stage four of any you know cancer disease is usually uh, not very good news. And it was terrible news, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how would you say that, um, you know, that, that obviously that must have been devastating. First of all, I want to just uh, give a shout out here to Brian. Brian says, keep going, brother. Um, you know, that, that would have been devastating, especially now that you're married and have, you know, have your family all there with you. Um, what was it like for you when you when you got that diagnosis then? Different. So I had much more responsibility uh, at that time. And I was 50 years old. So not a deer in the headlights. Um, this one, listen, it sucks. A cancer diagnosis of stage three and then you know, metastatic stage four is horrible. Uh, going back to doing chemo and surgeries and clinical trials, 
it's uh, it affected me, my uh, my daughter and my family, uh, my parents again, my twin sister. I mean, we're back in it again. But I sort of was a veteran, and I I was I put my my mental toughness together and said I have a lot to live for, especially just a short term goal of seeing my daughter graduate high school. And um, I was more of a marine on a mission. And so uh, as opposed to being deer in the headlights, the digital tools we had to get advocacy support were great and much better. And um, I, I absolutely, uh, I, I had to kind of go go for it. And um, I mean, the other option was, there wasn't an option. <laughs> so I, I, did, I did what I had to do. And uh, it was very lucky I'm coming out the other side. Right. And that's usually how it goes, right? We don't really realize what how strong we are until there is no other choice but to be strong. Um, right. And and though that's how Lisa I found it. I don't know about you. <laughs> um, I, I I relate to uh cancer as a team sport, right? So my wife stepped in like my parents were my caregivers at, at 23 and a half and 24. My wife dropped everything she was doing except for raising our daughter, Emily, and basically took over because um, the chemotherapies are, are tough on the side effects and it only gets worse over time. And mm -hmm. uh, the first line of uh, treatment for colon cancer, colon rectal cancer is something called Fofox 5-FU. It's devastating. It leaves lots of, uh, lots of side effects and, and it's tough as it goes further on and it didn't work. So I had to have another surgery of 10 inches of colon. Um, and then I did a clinical trial and then I went metastatic. And, and when I went metastatic, it gets really dark because if you go look at Dr. Google and a 4% chance to live, you know, three to six months without treatment, 12 months with treatment, th those aren't good odds. And, but okay. the only one who really knows your timeline is, is the Lord above. So um, uh, I was uh, doing everything I could, uh, including salvage chemotherapy and, and my research for this very um, kind of new-ish surgery called cytoreduction high pack where they cut you open and they take out all the cancer with microscopic glasses dead mm -hmm. and live cancer cells and they pour hot chemo in, in in you and then they try to kill microscopic chemo so it's called the mother of all surgeries and uh it, i had that on march uh 13th i was in the hospital for 10 days which is the minimum and then you actually come out you know and have to learn how to eat and your bowels have to learn how to work again and you have to build up your stamina and you know you know, cancer really throws you emotionally, physically, financially in relationships. So I uh, had to go do that again and, and build Humpty Dumpty version 2.0 up all over again. Wow. Sorry for my reaction, but I couldn't read. I, I was visualizing you really open and then them pouring this chemo. I mean, I, I remember going in with my dad for his first chemo treatment. Um, mm -hmm. When he first got it, uh, we were allowed the first couple of times, but then COVID hit and then you weren't allowed in anymore. So um, you know, seeing people hooked up to, to the bags of chemo, but I can't imagine, you know, being split open and then it being poured in like that must, that must've hurt. Well, like, first of all, first of all, my job was to wake up in the ICU and press the morphine drip button, you know, and, and, and when I was in pain and I woke up with 80 staples from, uh, you know, my chest down to my, my pubic bone and a little curvature around the belly button. And that's how they, they split me open. And you've got to have a great surgeon. Yeah, he removed my gallbladder. He shaved my liver. Uh, he cut my uh, bowel. He removed my stomach lining, which my liver and stomach lining grows back, by the way. It's pretty incredible. And you hope that the surgeon is capable that day to do his job and remove as much cancer as possible. The hope right. with the heated chemo 
which, which is FDA approved, um, is that it will kill microcell. And the reason they roll you over like a rotisserie chicken is that they want the heated chemo to 104 degrees, this, this chemo agent called mitomycin C, to basically get about a quarter inch deep into uh, uh, organs and the skin level and, and inside your pelvis and abdomen and kill microcell chemo. That's the hope. It's fairly controversial. Um, mm -hmm. And there, it's supposed to be life extending after you recover from the massive surgery. And uh, there is a two thirds relapse rate, but some people get six months of life extension. Some people get two years. I right now I'm on the other side of that, of the third that has not relapsed. And I am now after quarterly surveillance uh, through my chemo port of blood tests and uh, CT scans, uh, hit my three year anniversary where I'm no evidence of disease at this time. Got to keep stacking awesome. those scans and those blood tests on and keep moving awesome. forward. I know it's a big deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> that is huge, huge. Is. Oh, wow. Okay. When you said March, I thought it was March of this year. I was just like, no. wow. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> but that's great. Three yeah. years cancer free of a fantastic uh, cancer. That I've never heard of that. So, um, congratulations. You're so, our first one. <laughs> well, that's miracle number two, right? So, that's uh, uh, Twin sister saved my, uh, you know, life through a bone marrow transplant. This surgery uh, with the heated chemo and 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 the skilled surgeon uh, basically saved my life again. And there's a, there's another miracle. We'll, we'll get back to that in a second. But uh, I, I, as I told you, I am blessed, lucky, and grateful for sure. Oh, wow. Now you said that, you know, obviously cancer can be um, financially devastating on top of, like you said, the emotional and mental and, and all and all that. And I, and I totally get it. Uh, here in Canada, we were blessed. The, the treatment that my dad had was actually 100% um, covered by our insurance company. Um, was that the case for your treatments? I have to tell you that Oh, Canada. <laughs> it's, it's great with your healthcare system. Um, the, the U.S. healthcare system is broken for many. Um, I had about 83% coverage uh, through my insurance, and um, I am now on what's called Medicare. So it's, it's now universal coverage there and uh, Medicare Advantage. So it's better. But uh, the premiums that we pay, uh, we've got to cover that 17% that overage in, in my case. And that turned out to be really expensive. I, I, with that surgery and all my chemo treatments, I racked up over $3.8 million worth of medical bills. Wow. Wow. Now, don't be confused over here, guys, and think Canada has it easy because we have no. our taxes are 13%. <laughs> on everything we buy pretty much so <laughs> to pay for that free quote unquote healthcare, of which some people have died in the waiting room trying to get into so um <laughs> and, and, and if you want to move to the front of the line you pay for privatized healthcare in canada and you pay the premium there exactly exactly um but no i don't be but you know where where there's a will there's a way so if i had to pay 3.8 million dollars for my dad to live i would have found it <laughs> right. so i didn't have to pay 3.8 million i had to pay the 17 percent of that that wasn't covered um, right. and i have to tell you uh in the world of uh, of crowdfunding right now my friends ran a uh gofundme for me which i resisted but i learned to take their help and i raised a bunch of money that helped ease that burden too so in my time of need people came to my my, my help which is amazing that is awesome. And, you know, it's so great when you have a team and a support system around you that, you know, will say, hey, you know, I'm here for you. What do you need? Here it is. And that is awesome that you had that. Many, so many awesome. people don't. And I, I did. I built an enormous circle of people that were cheerleading, praying um, and helping. And, and my family, we, we basically 
we battened down the hatches again all around me to uh, you know for my care. And my mom was coming out from Boston, and my my twin sisters here in Michigan, my wife and 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 friends and family and uh, everybody rallied for us. And um, I allowed them to rally because I was very public about my diagnosis and treatment um, and survivorship. Others just. I respect that if you want to be private, just don't isolate, don't go seek the help. The, the advocacy organizations to assign mentors and get you help is there today. And it's all can be done via Zoom and it all can be done via uh, FaceTime. And I mean, we really live in an age where you can, if you need the support to go get it. Right. I love that you said that because there are some people that isolate and my dad, yes, he had us. Um, but especially when COVID hit, there was like, he really basically, and at times here in Canada, we were forced not to even leave our house unless we were going to work. Right. So to even go and visit him was next to impossible in some, some cases over the two and a half years. But um, I wish I would have known about that, that he could have at least had online, online friends with, within the, the cancer world that, because I don't know about you, but I, I consider it, you know, cancer families is, is what I consider. Because at the beginning, like when we were able to go in, we would talk to other families that were going around it. And it was like the rapport that you built with them and just listening to each other and being there for each other. Um, you know, you build that bond and you go back the next week to get, or the next week or the next day to get your treatment. And there they are. So, hey, how are you doing? You know, how are you feeling type thing? So, um I've always said that, and that's why I've done my part on really trying to, um, especially help Tim with LLS and definitely um, giving the platform to people to share their story. Well, the, 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 the crazy thing about me, every cancer has their color, right? So colon cancer is blue, like lung cancer is white. Uh, every cancer yeah. has their color. And the fact that I've had both blood cancer and, and solid tumor cancer 26 years apart, um, there's people that have had more and devastating cancers, but, and, and multiple times, but I've had that 26 years apart is, is, is interesting. The fact that I'm still alive and, and, uh, and able to then, you know, educate, uh, you know, motivate, educate and inspire others from there. But I will tell you that, uh, just this Brian, who just chimed in, who's, who's watching live now, we're in a group called man up to cancer. There's no science. It's all about supporting men that are, uh, either isolating or, uh, you know, they're too macho or they don't know how to talk to their kids or they, this is all support there that, that, that the special man up group and they have, um, I'm sure it's once or twice a week. They actually have zooms where you can come in, get support, be with others that are fighting their battle or, or supporting others as care partners. And, um, my first advice is don't, don't go at it alone. This is mm -hmm. a team sport and we can help build your team. We can get you a one-on-one -on -one mentor. We can get you groups of people to help you out. Um, so doing it alone only brings darkness and malaise and um, it, it's hard to figure things out. Cancer is complex and it screws with your emotions and it screws with you physically and mentally. And um, the help is there today. Right. I, I love that there is a men's support group for that. Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't love the fact that you have to have it, but I love the fact that it's there for those, you know, because unfortunately, Pardon my French, but shit does happen and cancer exists and uh, way too much, in my opinion. Um, but I'm glad that there is a support system and, you know, guys don't want to talk about their feelings, most of them, um, you know, and so I'm glad that you guys have led the way and have that support group. Um, 
for men. So that's great. Yeah. So, so just I'll, I'll pump it out there, man up to cancer. It's fairly new. There's, but there's, it's grown so fast. It's probably coming up on 2000 men. There's no real science in there. It's, it's just a support group. It's a support group where you can vent, you can just watch, you can, and they, uh, they have a man camp, uh, get together outside of Buffalo, New York. They had 60 men show up. It's great. It's really wonderful. Um, and for those who need it, they, they, they can go there. You don't have to participate. You can just watch and, and read, but you need a Facebook account. And um, Trevor Maxwell, who, who helped found it, was I met him at Colentown, and he was thinking of this idea. And I have to tell you, it's helping so many. And that's what you need. Go get the help you need. And uh, again, we all know that women are smarter than men. So, you know, men have to be told, you know, many times. I Well, I wouldn't say smarter, although I don't know. This weekend, I've gotten some amazing advice on, you know, how to, I'm not going to say handle or deal with my husband, but just understand, I guess is a better word. Um, sure. Men don't think like women do, obviously. Like a woman's brain never shuts off, where a man's apparently doesn't think of too much. Well, the, the old thing is like men are from Mars and women are from Venus, right? We're from different planets, but it doesn't mean we can't get along and collaborate and connect and love each other. No, that is definitely true. That is definitely true. Although I had a doctor tell me men thinks of three things. Sleep, sex, and sandwiches. That's what a man thinks. No, no, there's a fourth. You're missing the fourth. My husband says football. I asked him and he said, no, you got to add football. Sports. Add the, add the S. Sports. Just make it general. Sports. Then, you, then you've got it all covered for us. And if you want to add a, another one, you can add stocks. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. And then you're, I, was, I wasn't going to say anything because I didn't want to offend anybody. But yes, there you guys go. It's, it's true. You, I've heard it from two males and Brian's laughing. So obviously it's true. It's confirmed. <laughs> it's confirmed. <laughs> and I was giving you guys the benefit of the doubt that you actually think more than that. <laughs> no, I think we've had it with those five. <laughs> All right. Well, that was hilarious. So what is the third? Uh, you said you had a third. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? Miracle. Miracle. Thank you. Yeah. Miracle. Okay. So I don't know how to describe it any other way, but before I did any chemotherapy, radiation uh, treatments for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in October, um, I came in the day I was supposed to do my first treatment in the infusion room and I was scared out of my mind. I had no idea. I hadn't done that. And by the way, infusion room nurses who put poison in people every day to try to cure them are, are, are superheroes, angels on earth. And I ended up coming in and they said, I waited, I did my tests for like two hours. And like, uh, this Dr. Rubin comes out and says, there's no, no chemo today. And I was like, devastated. Cause I was like, what am I doing here then? Right. And so he says, well, we're going to do a road trip to the cryogenic center. And I don't know what a cryogenic center is. And he says, it's a sperm bank. And I said, well, you told me that, you know, that I have a huge aggressive, you know, stage four cancer and that you don't know if you could cure me. He's like, what else are you going to do today? Go, go, go do that. <laughs> so I did. And then I forgot about it and I just paid the bill. And all of a sudden it becomes important when you're married and want to start a family. We called for the sperm and uh, frozen sperm after 11 years uh, became my beautiful daughter, Emily. Um, uh, and my wife grew eggs and we, we have a daughter because of this. That's a miracle. I can't describe it any other way. What vision would Eric, Dr. Rubin, you know, have to send me there when they didn't know if I was going to live or die. So, um, you know, Basically, sister saves my life from, uh, you know, a, a bone marrow transplant. Uh, heated chemo has gotten me now to no evidence of disease. And frozen sperm got me a daughter. 
who's now 21 going to graduate the University of Michigan? Come on now. How do you explain Universe. that? University of Michigan, as in like Wolverines? Yeah, she's a Wolverine for sure. Go Blue! Oh, Go Blue. My wife and, and daughter are Go, go blue. blue. They are Go Blue, yes. <laughs> well, if I was to turn my camera around, you would see my husband's wall. And it's we have three different um, Michigan signs. Property of Michigan, Go Blue. Yeah. The another one, and then the meat in the middle is meet Dick. Don't Dick is a Spartans fan. Don't be a Dick. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know, little brother. I know. So our families are split, but I'm. I, listen, I'm a Babson Beaver. We're undefeated. We've never had a football team. We never lost or won since 1919. I have a Go Blue sign here. I have a Go Blue, and my daughter's a Go Blue right in my office too. I'm surrounded by it. But my wife and daughter are, are Wolverines, and so. I am associated, and uh, it's 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 really fun to go tailgate. Let me tell you. <laughs> See, Brian agrees. Like, man, he agrees with me on everything tonight. I love Brian. We're gonna have to connect, Brian, after the show. <laughs> Brian, uh, we, we've just connected, and we're 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 gonna uh, be on each other's podcasts as well. So he's he's awesome. That is awesome. So another thing here, because you have a new book out, uh, yeah. Shining Brightly. So what made you, okay, so first of all, what's the book about? What made you decide uh, to write the book? So um, I don't know if you can see it with the background. There we go. So Shining Brightly is a hardback. Um, I didn't decide to write it. I was actually really so scared to write a book because I'm not a great writer. I'm a, a better speaker. So um, I did it all over Zoom. I interviewed and it took three years. I interviewed all the most important people in my life. I walked back my life. How cool is that? Um, you never do that, right? It's sort of right. like going to page 17 on Facebook. Who goes and does that? I went and did that. It was amazing. And we recorded every Zoom interview. There was uh, over 150 guests on my Zooms. And it's like podcasting, but not broadcasting. And those transcripts became drafts, which became chapters, which gave me a manuscript. And I tell my memoir of stories and their life lessons of living a resilient life. But the lessons I learned from great grandparents to um, uh, who came over for this country in the early 1800s, uh, my grandfather that fought in World War II, to my dad, who was my you know, original superhero entrepreneur, and then to my friends, to camp counselors, my doctors that I went through with, uh, uh, people that I went to college with, uh, people I played basketball with, all the most important people in my life are represented in this book of life lessons to live a life of resiliency uh, with hope and, and giving back. And um, it's an inspirational book. It, it, the cancer chapters are tough, but I give homework to basically have you decide how to, you know, improve your life when you get knocked down. How do you get back? And, you know, when it was hard of us as cancer patients to get out of bed some days, how do you do yeah. that? Okay. How do you do that where you're not satisfied in an area of your life? It could be health. It could be business. It can be relationships. It can be anything. How do you go from where you're at if you're unhappy to get there to make those first steps to go there. So it's a, it's a book of inspiration and and uh, I, people are loving it so far. I, I, I'm now a published author, yay. And I'm using that to uh, create stages on podcasts and, and speaking gigs to motivate, educate and inspire. And uh, I'm having a blast doing it. That's awesome. That, congratulations on Thank your first you. book. I'm sure yeah. you'll have more. Um, Hoping. You know, that will be your fourth miracle. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. There we go. Uh, totally for sure. Um, well, that's awesome. Yeah. It's whenever I feel like I'm getting knocked down, I hear, you know, that song, Danny boy. Yeah. You get knocked down. I get back up again. 
so that's yeah. Chumba Wamba. The band is Chumba Wamba. Okay. Uh, Irish band. And when you get back, uh, when you get knocked down, you get up again. And, and that's the song. You hit it. Perfect. It's 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 been my theme song forever. So yeah. I, I, you know, that's why we're here at Unstoppable Overcovers. Yeah, my theme song too. <laughs> it's our theme song. Yeah. Between that and Mandiza's, uh, you're an overcomer. That's our theme song for the show, I believe. You know. Yeah, I love your open. It's great. Um, my, yes. I also love uh, you know the song "Walking on Sunshine" too because uh, you've got to you've got to be bright. And and my book is all about positive light and energy. So uh, you got to have that positive light. Awesome. Yes. So when you say um, energy, are you into the holistic part of that as well? Or no, but I mean, I, I know the world has a vibration um, and, and don't, I mean, I can't tell you that how many cheerleaders and prayers I got from around the world, from people of all walks of life and multiple religions. And, and, uh, and it, that helps. I took it all in. I embraced it and I embraced right. that and got rid of the negativity. So um, I'm not practicing you know, vibration and woo and all that stuff, but you know what? Um, I'm trying to actually, as my daughter says, use positivity with action. Go, go lift myself up first, go right. lift up others and then build that force multiplier for good. I like that positivity with action. Cool. I wrote that down. I've, cool. I've been writing. <laughs> I've been writing the entire time you talk. That's what uh, I do. I love it. That way I, I, you know, Give that, give, that, give that credit to Emily Brown. <laughs> there we go, Emily Brown. So I'm—I mean, that must be amazing to have a 21-year-old daughter. Considering at age 23, you were first diagnosed with cancer, right? So that's—that's got to be something. And when you said your fourth miracle, you know, why would the doctor send you to a sperm bank on that day? Well, obviously, he knew that you know, eventually you would need it. <laughs> well, he didn't know, but I have to tell you that um, I'm, I've got a big piece coming about that because he just said it was good doctoring, but I got to tell you, there's many doctors that won't talk about fertility with cancer patients at all. So he did, and he was very young and he did, and I'm blessed for that. Uh, but the doctor should talk to you about fertility preservation if that's something you should do. And they are, they, I, I don't want to categorize all doctors. Many doctors mm -hmm. don't, but many good doctors do. And they should. Right. They really right. should. Well, I think it would probably have to do with your age since you were so young yourself. That that's definitely why he would have chosen that is what I'm assuming, asserting. Um, because I, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but chances are if you're that young, eventually you're probably going to want a child at some point. Yeah. But I was failing all my chemotherapies and, and, and the only piece of good news is my sister was an exact match. And when you go in for a bone marrow transplant back in, you know, 33 years ago, they blasted you with uh, very toxic chemo at twice a day, full body radiation. And so, um, I, I knew that, um, you know, uh, I was going to be infertile. I already knew that. So the fact that I did that, I kind of forgot about it because I just didn't know if I was going to live. So, uh, right. but, but, but imagine that's why it's a miracle. Cause uh, you know, you call for that sperm, you defrost it. It actually, the swimmers worked and my wife generated eight eggs. They put it in four. One became Emily. It's, it's, a, it is a miracle. It is a miracle. It is. Um, and it's not even 34th street. No, unless you live on 34th street. No, I don't. <laughs> not that do I. <laughs> I live on the freaking speed raceway is what it feels like most days. Uh, <laughs> come to Winter, Ontario. We'll show you the drag strip. It's right in front of my house. 
<laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Anyhow, so the, what is the, okay, so I have a feeling that there's going to probably be a, like a, like a fifth miracle here. Well, all right. So the fifth miracle to me is something that I was not guaranteed just even a couple of years ago. I think that if I can make it to walk my daughter, daughter down the aisle, I'm going to count that as a miracle because that was not given. And when, it, you know, she's 21 and whenever that happens, if I could be there to, to give her away as a bride, boy, I, I would count that as a fifth miracle for sure. There we go. I love that. I, well, I, I truly firmly believe that it will happen. All right. Well, let's add a sixth miracle then. Let's see All if right. Shining Brightly gets made into a motion picture, made into a movie. Well, you, you know, big, right? Let's let's go big, go big or go you home. Are, you're you are talking to Unstoppable Overcomers Productions, so that yeah. is part of our next steps is to be a film production company. Ooh. I mean, we're putting things out into existence, so why not, right? I mean, it is part of it is part of my plan. <laughs> it's all part of my master plan. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Tim says, hey, Howard. Oh, hey, Dorothy. Thanks for joining us. So, yes, I love that. So, have you, are you still doing the, um, the technical part of everything? Or are you just focusing on staying healthy and, and getting your book out there and, and speaking? So, unfortunately, uh, the two platforms that I built, uh, one I built in 2001, the other I started building in 2006, um, these are community platforms for faith and religion. I shut them down when I got diagnosed and I went metastatic. I, uh, there was no, I, you have to focus on living. And so I didn't need any distractions. I, I, I couldn't keep those businesses up. So I shut those down. So at this point right now, I, um, I do a little bit of, uh, you know, side hustle consulting, but everything right now is focused on building the brand, uh, using the book as a launch pad uh, for really good things in speaking and workshops and, and helping others. That's awesome. That is awesome. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but having a life-threatening illness can do that to a person, though. Really, what's more, what's really important? You know, your health or going to work for somebody, right? And I guess it all all boils down to that. Yeah. So, I mean, this right now is a conscious decision. Uh, I mean, I'm still under surveillance, but I, I I've got to keep stacking my what we call no evidence of disease NED scans and blood tests, and I am. And now I'm coming through this and coming through COVID. And which I was very careful and um, putting the life back together that I want. And that's right. the great thing about this. And not, not all, everyone gets that opportunity. So it's, I have to be understanding waking up every day that, that I am really blessed. And so I do. And that, um, you know, surviving two stage four, you know, basically death sentences is, is great. And so what are you going to do with that time left now? I don't want to waste any time. I want to use, use my time very wisely. Um, I want to live healthy. I want to uh, help others. And uh, because I was given this chance. And so mm -hmm. it's what you make of it, right? Absolutely. 100%. Inger says, hello, Howard and Dorothy. Hello, hello Miss Inger. Welcome. Another amazing lady in the house. Thank you for joining us. Um, so what are some of the things that you do to, I know with when we, my dad was first diagnosed with cancer, I had looked into a lot of different um, natural remedies. Um, I mean, he was all for whatever the doctors wanted, he would do it. But then, you know, he, we went through the lung cancer 
it was apparently healed. And then we were told four months later that uh, it spread to the liver. Now it's a massive mass, even though he was cancer-free, went from cancer-free to massive mass, mm-hmm. then, then went from that to metastatic. And then I'm like, okay, hold on. Let's see what other thing there is out there. You know, I had looked into CBD oil and I had looked into, um, there's this guy named Jack that's not too far from where I live that has completely cured his cancer with um, CBD. So I we looked into all a bunch of different things and ultimately is that was, was what my dad wanted to do. Um, but, you know, I, I always tried to preach to him, you know, cut the sugar, no more drinking sugar, or no more eating, drinking sugar, uh, different things to kind of, of course he didn't listen to me and that's, that's what he wanted. So, uh, but what are some of the things that you do to stay healthy? All right. So I don't want to sound, uh, contrarian. I think holistic is really great for acupuncture, some Chinese medicine. Um, and I'm for that. Um, the person that got saved with CBD oil alone, very rare. I got to tell you. So I, I am a more of a believer in science. So um, I think healthy, healthy living is important. So your diet is really, really important, especially in the colorectal cancer world, because you're talking about your digestive system. Um, So it's very, very important. Um, I I think about um, how to actually repair your emotional state. So I call that building mental toughness. That's the first, first thing is that you've got to build your mental toughness and how you're dealing, you know, with major obstacles in the world. And so uh, you can train yourself and that can be done so many different ways. Um, physically, you've got to stay active. Okay. I always, and, and the one other part of the diet is hydrate, get the poison out with whether it's Gatorade or it's water, you got to hydrate. Okay. Get your beverage of choice and it can be coffee. Um, and you got to go easy on the alcohol, of course, but, but hydration is really important. Um, and then exercise. You've got to stay active. You keep that blood moving, sweat it out. So um, I do that by by exercising. So I go to the gym. Um, I love to hike. I love to bike. And I, I I love the basketball court because that's my happy place. So finding that spot where you can get your mind right and your body right okay, is really important. That Those are really the most important things. Now, sometimes you need a little extra because anxiety is real. Depression is real. Chemo rage is real. And so... I have found that the CBD didn't work for me and you got to find what's right for you. But yeah. I actually take um, uh, my anxiety is handled by THC gummies, small bites. And I love getting really deep REM for sleep because sleeping is healing and you need good sleep. And so I take a little uh, a slice of a, of, a, of a THC gummy. It's legal here in Michigan. And I get a great sleep. I don't wake up that I'm high uh, and I'm ready to conquer the day. So I don't do that every day, but everyone has to find their own way and mm-hmm. so it can be from protein shakes to juicing to whatever they want to do but you find that happy place emotionally and physically yoga cooking travel basketball exercise what you've art i don't care what it is but find it and go there a lot and that's that's my advice uh to uh, to start putting the blueprint uh, back together again and, and how to go to the survivorship phase right absolutely now has your wife and your daughter gone through any um here at the cancer clinic in, in Windsor, we were given an option to have some kind of counseling. Um, I'm not sure if that was offered there, but it, does your wife and your daughter end up having to be having a, their own support system as well? 
So absolutely, um, cancer affects families and it doesn't just affect the patient. The, my caregiver wife, uh, superhero, um, had to take over everything, including raising our daughter. And I did, I raised our daughter. I was at her soccer games and all that stuff. And I did the best I could, but um, uh, she actually joined Colon Town and colontown.org was a, a great website for uh, caregivers and patients. And she got some excellent support there. Our neighbors did a meal train and the soccer team and the school sent us stuff. And, and it became uh, you know, a community endeavor, which was just beautiful because we, we learned to accept help. We were used to helping others, but it was our time in need. My daughter was a different case. Um, being a freshman is hard enough, uh, you know, being a teenage girl. And she said that, they, that people would ask, how's your dad? How's your dad? How's your dad? They'd never ask about her. She suppressed a lot of feelings. I am proud to say um, with college and, and COVID, she is now getting the support that she needs through a therapist and working through a lot of that issues that were buried deep into anger and into resentment and not knowing if her dad was going to live or die. So she went and got help. And um, we are supporting her through that now. Uh, but she didn't during the time I was sick. But it built, it built and built and built where she came to us. And we, we actually encouraged her to go get help. And she, she found that help now. So right. it's, um, it's challenging for sure. And everyone's tasted that with COVID now because we've got been living through restriction and living through lots of people dying on us and not being able to go visit your dad in the hospital. Uh, we've all been challenged that way. And I, I worry about our, our younger kids that missed a lot of school and um, you know, a whole generation's been impacted now. And, uh, but we're a tough, resilient people and we've got to step forward and that's what we've got to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. If, if there's one thing, piece of advice that I could give from the caregiver side would definitely be, you know, like Howard said, we're all in this together, but make sure that you get the support you that you need because it can be absolutely crippling um, to see somebody go through those treatments. Um, and you know you're you're blessed that you're you're still alive and kicking and 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 sharing your story. Um, but for those of us on the flip side, when you actually see it go downhill even worse, um, you know you definitely need your support system around you, mm. both beginning and through it and at the end. So I definitely encourage anybody who's out there right now going that has a family member going through cancer or you're going through cancer yourself, reach out. I do have a support group on, on Facebook that there are some people in it. Um, and I'm, you know, if anybody's in there that, that needs help, just someone's struggling through, through something I'm, I'm there for them. Um, it's funny because I, I started it at such a weird, weird time. Like my dad had just passed away and then I had all these women come out of the woodwork that were um, going through cancer treatments and their, through their cancer journeys at the beginning, through whatever stage they were at. And I'm like, guys, you want me to put a support group together? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, okay. Like literally this was like the day after he passed. And I'm like, okay, can you please just give me a couple of days just to get my head wrapped around what we've just gone through. And, you know, it's still in existence. Not everybody, like, not too many people are there, but I can definitely get it going up again and, and you know, adding more people to that if that's what's what's needed. Um, I think it was to get us through a certain time, but if God says it needs to be resurrected, we could definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's certainly online. Uh, there's lots of ways to find 
any type of cancer support group we have here in the American Cancer Society, they, they can direct you uh, as well. But there's now more connectivity and availability for that as well. Now, I have to tell you, when I was 24, I did an in-person support group called Stepping Stones. And um, I, I, I recognized that I was actually at a faster pace going through my recovery uh, than others. And um, I, I left that group uh, to move to you know, California because, and I, I told them to look in the mirror every day and I left them little mirrors, little compact mirrors and said, I like me. Go look in the mirror every day and at least find one thing you like about yourself because they weren't liking their lives. Um, it, it just, it, they just, cancer you know, really destroyed them and tore them down. But everyone has to, you have to find your way and your timing to take a couple steps forward, a couple steps backward and put the pieces back together again. Otherwise you will live in depression. Things get worse and dark and um, it's, it's, it's a tough existence that way. And so get support, uh, let others help you, let others lift you up. And, um, and, and, and you got to move from there because uh, I, uh, I will tell you that if I were to think about all the stuff that I've been through, all the negative crap and all the side effects and all those dark days, you know, it, it would be very easy for me to give up and people do. And that's horrible. Um, I'm here to tell you to not give up and that, that we can make things better. Um, and it doesn't happen. It's not an overnight thing, right? It's, sometimes, Absolutely. It's, sometimes there's a few steps in the process to get you, you know, to uh, you know, better place. Absolutely. And, and sometimes each day I, I've had days where it's like a moment to moment deep breath just to get through the day. And some of those days can be like pretty long. <laughs> um, but she's keep, just keep taking that stuff. Like Howard said, you know, keep one continuous step after the other. Yeah, we're sure. human. We're human. We're, we fall down and we get back up again, just like the song says. <laughs> just like the song. With that, since that was kind of fun, yeah. we're going to go into the fundamentals part of this, of this section here. Yeah. We're going to bring Kimberly back up and we're going to bring Mark. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, everyone. Hello, hello. <laughs> Kimberly's on mute, but she's going to get herself off mute because Kimberly does this section. I oh, cool. did. I did. I, it was, I was so giddy to get started. I stepped all over um, turning off the mute button. So phenomenal show, you guys. Like, really phenomenal. Um, and I'm just so grateful um, for where the show went tonight in the conversation of, you know, days get dark for humanity. And, um, and that's all humanity. And it has nothing to do with like what you're dealing with. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you might have cancer, you might not have cancer. <laughs> you know, um, and there's everything in between. And I'm just so appreciative of, you know, all I kept hearing was, when it's dark, remember, the light does come back out. And it usually comes back out through being in communication with another human. Mm -hmm. You know, when you can't stand for yourself, let somebody stand for you. And I really appreciated what you put in about, you know, look in the mirror and tell yourself one thing you like about yourself. Cool. That was hot. <laughs> so with that, and so perfect, like we said before, this isn't our show. It's the Holy Spirit show. And where I am this week is in St. Pete. Florida with the amazing Mark Anderson. And I have it that what he's going to share, um, the products and services that he is bringing to the table are couldn't like be more perfect for this entire conversation. So with that, I'm going to give it to Mark right away. 
Yeah, no, thank you. And thank you, Howard. It was really neat to hear your story. And I've already followed you on LinkedIn. So I'm excited to learn more and, and cool. book as well. Um, so yeah, um, I'm from St. Pete and I own a company called um, St. Pete Saltworks, which is a flotation therapy center. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit about flotation therapy, but you know, I'm also an advocate for not just my float center, but all float centers. So I'm always like, Go find a float center near you. Just Google float center near me um, if it's something you're interested in because they're they're all over the place. And um, it's something I opened after spending you know, 15 years making maps for the military. And um, just uh, I heard about it on a podcast. That's why I'm a big advocate for podcasts as well. Some of these long form conversations, being able to really kind of learn about someone's story and and, and Joe Rogan put flotation therapy in my head 12 years ago and I wrote it in a Blackberry. That's how long ago. It was. <laughs> hey, well, you didn't say a telephone booth, so it's not that long ago. <laughs> um, but no, um, I, I just saw floating and, and being around um, people coming to and from tours. I saw floating as such an amazing way in its simplicity to remove yourself from your environment. So, um, I went deep into the research about what that is. Um, so really flotation therapy, it's a clinically studied practice from the 50s and 60s um, known as restricted environmental stimulation therapy. And it really is a place where you can put yourself in a unique environment and remove gravity, touch, light, sound, every input from the world to your nervous system. And we do that in these fancy um, tubs with a thousand pounds of medical grade Epsom salt and only 10 inches of water. So you float like a cork. There's actually more salt than the Dead Sea. And um, the water is skin receptor neutral. And really, it's just a, it's an adult timeout. <laughs> it's, it's kind of what I, um, what I, um, <laughs> it's all about helping the helpers too. That's another thing I'm always advocating for. Um, you're talking about, you know, caregivers or people, you know, cancer affects everybody, um, everyone around you. And we do a lot of work with vet, um, veterans as well as um, we're right across the street from a hospital. So we have a lot of people coming in, especially during the Corona and giving them a break from, from all the, the high adrenaline important work that they're doing. So um, it's flotation therapy as a practice is really just helping people learn how to self-regulate. And that's, that's huge. And, and giving people, an opportunity removed from that fight or flight. You know, if you had any stress in your stress cup before um, before Corona started a couple of years ago, that cut that stress cup started overflowing for a lot of people, and it's new new emotions and new new burnouts that they didn't realize they'd never had to deal with before. Um, but then, if you add any other kind of um, diagnoses to that, yeah, you know, I mean, they can't imagine the amount of um, over overwhelm that that people were just kind of stuck in. So giving people an opportunity to spend an hour removed from, from all those stressors. Really, really cool to have people come out way different than they went in. <laughs> um, wow. But float sessions are really, they're one hour sessions. Um, we do longer ones. I, I always say you can get out whenever you want, but it is a, like I said, a tub with 10 inches of water and you float like a cork and there's, it, you, there's fiber optic lights in the ceiling. There's music under the water, but all that kind of fades away. So you can kind of put yourself in that very womb like state, which is, what a lot of people come out and say, well, you know, I needed that more than I thought I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's where we, has anyone floated before any, anyone's I'm sure people have heard about it now. I, I have floated and it's been a really long time. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. And, you know, and I, I do the, uh, I, I'm very clear the power of water that it, you know, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for the restorative powers of water. Um, yeah. I always say water is medicine. And the one of one of the books that I have at my float center is called the blue mind. And um, if you're, oh. a, you'll, you'll love that book. It talks about being on in or near the water it has a genetic effect on you. Just, just water in general. We're all water beings on a water planet. Um, yes. So I, from that book, the author's name is um, Nicholas Nicholas Wallace, and he um, I buy these blue marbles from him, and they have I have a bowl of them, and I give those blue marbles out and, and say water is medicine. You know, it's something to take with you, but it's really cool if you hold that blue marble out at arm's length. That's what the world looks like from a million miles away, and it kind of just helps people realize that you know we're all little water beings on a water planet. So. Water is important for sure. And it's important to hydrate too, right, Howard? Absolutely. Hydration is the key. But this yeah. is cool. I've not heard of this. And um, I actually, uh, you know, I've had some integrative massage and things like that and some um, acupuncture, acupressure. But this is cool. I, I got to check and see where in Michigan this is all sure. happening. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we'll hook you up with Mark and yeah. everybody in the community. Hook up with Mark um, as your go-to person. I'll be your float facilitator. I'm always like, yes. Oh. Yes, he, float, just go find one close to you. But um, I know there's some really nice. Oh, good. Well, and Mark, I, I, I love you for being so amazing about like putting it back out there to them. But yes, and yes, there are a lot of places out there. And we intentionally vet out the people that we bring to Unstoppable Overcomers. So not everybody is as amazing out there as you are. And not every location out there is as amazing as the locations that you've created and are, are a part of. So I actually request the audience to go to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So everyone, everyone down to St. Pete. He's, you're muted, Mark, but everyone down to St. Pete Beach. Yeah. Hell? Well, and Mark can definitely, you know, you know, hook you up and refer to you to someone in Michigan. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and we definitely want him to do that. Right. Like we want him to be the one. Right. Um, yeah. So. So, yeah, Mark, please allow for that to come into you. For sure. Yeah. Thank no. you. Thank you. Yeah. You had me an adult time out. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I did the two thumbs up. Kimberly knows that I need an adult time out. <laughs> she needs a weekend of adult time out for sure. For sure. We all do. We all, and I, and I say, and I love what you also shared, Mark, about the stress cup. That's so beautiful. And people really getting, they don't even know they got a stress cup, let alone that it's full up. Right. And, and what comes next. And, and that's usually things like cancer. Right. Um, uh, and the, and the like, right. The body trying to let, you know, the mind know, you know, the stress cup is full. Right. Um, so thank you for that. And with that, so yay, we all love Mark and we all love Saltworks and what that has to offer and everybody reach out to Mark. You know, we uh, will make sure you've got his contact information. And with that in place, who would like to share their fundamentals first? You want me to go? Whoever. Okay. So I have three fundamentals. The first one, um, because um, I'm a basically living proof survivorship. We all, we all are survivors uh, through something and through life. And um, with survivorship, I always maintain that you've got to lift yourself up, your own self-care and well-being. Then you have the ability to lift others 
Mm. And lifting others, it, it just, it's a beautiful thing. It, it helps your endorphins. Uh, you get major benefits by, by helping out others. And then, then together we become this, I call it the force multiplier for good. Um, the second, you wish I do all three or should you? No, keep going. I'm just I'm rolling. Yeah, right. up everything you're saying. Yeah. The next fundamental I, I put is mentorship because um, I actually embrace this um, being that um, I've been a big brother for 31 years is that um, giving of yourself to shape someone else's life is not about shaping their life. It's actually what you get back in return and shaping your own. And um, I've been steered, uh, you know, many directions by mentors, but usually it's in the right direction. And mentorship is leadership. And um, I'm a big fan of uh, being a mentor and being a mentee uh, because that uh, allows you, again, not to be alone. And uh, it, it allows you to give you good guidance as to where you're going. And then the last one is, is, is quite simple and we need to execute it. It's basically kindness. Um, mm -hmm. Whether it's random acts of kindness, being kind to someone doesn't take uh, cost any money at all. Smiling at someone, opening up their door, um, you know, being kind, saying thank you and please. Uh, these, these are things that uh, are really important to uh, actually create this. Um, we, we live in, in the news media where things are just so negative. And um, I try to avoid that, you know, and uh, so uh, kindness is the one that um, I try to execute on as much as possible. Beautiful. Those are amazing. All right, Mark, bring us home. What are your three fundamentals? All right. Uh, I, I think I touched on one of them when I was talking about floating, but um, it's really that self-regulation. I think learning some techniques, um, if it's just a simple breath work, if it's, you know, just counting your breath, um, some ways to kind of just settle down, try to get present. And, um, and, you know, like Howard mentioned, just, you know, if you just say some positive affirmations, it's amazing how that can really just flip the script um, and just combination of calming yourself down and then kind of prepping yourself with some, some positive affirmations is that I think that's a, a huge fundamental for, or a foundation even for, for kind of building upon or starting to kind of work in the right direction, but taking that pause and, and kind of, reflecting and slowing down is, is that's key. And I'm giving people, you know, like that adult time out to do that and, and practice. And then you could take what you've learned and, and, you know, use it at a red light, you know, really cool techniques you can learn to self-regulate. Um, another one kind of, um, the power of now is something I'm always kind of playing with and kind of, you know, everyone kind of gets stuck in the, you know, in, in the past or in the, or thinking about the future. Um, also gets back to that self-regulation, but just spend time in the present moment. Just be aware of your surroundings and, and, um, it's something, you know, take that, those couple, you know, a little bit of time to do that. Kind of look at that, look for that space between the thoughts, you know, mm -hmm. thought experience from, uh, an avid floater who spends a lot of time in the void. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my, that's my teacher is the, uh, that, that kind of that quiet. Um, but then also, you know, having that community, also kind of like Howard mentioned that that find your tribe um, find you can flow with and have these conversations that really uplift both people you get in these flow states and actually the actual um thing that when you when you're with someone and you both are kind of jiving on on something that you both are excited about kind of elevates to another level and afterwards you're like whoa I don't know what happened there I don't even remember what I said but <laughs> that happens and and that's that's when the thoughts are coming for someone else. So, um, 
I'm just gonna leave those two foundational things. There's probably a couple inside those as well. So those are beautiful. Those are fantastic and absolutely perfect as always. And so complimentary to each other as always, right, Dorothy? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, and what I'm really loving is um, what you guys may or may not be aware of on the show is I, I'm just so blown away as how the fundamentals, like we, ha I, we have yet to have anyone say the same thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. It just, it just keeps blowing my mind. Right. Um, and there, and what we love about it is it leaves people in the audience each week with like, yeah, I could take these three on, or I could take these six on this week. And, and the beauty of it is, is it gives them things to try on. And they always, they always lead to a life that's simple and fun and, and victorious. So that's our commitment in the fundamentals. Thank you guys for delivering as we knew you would. And Dorothy, back to you. Thank you. I'm actually laughing because as I was here doing your fundamentals, I was texting Dr. J and saying, by the way, I made you famous again tonight. <laughs> your three S's. And I said, both my husband and our guest said, no, there's a fourth S which for sports. And so she's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't know Dr. Janelle, we will hook you up with Dr. Janelle. She's amazing. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she is absolutely amazing. And I can't wait for her to hear this show. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thank you to all of our guests in the, in the comments. Thank you to our guests on, for tonight's show. Thank you, uh, Howard and Mark for joining us tonight absolutely love both of you guys and i will be looking into a float maybe that's what i'll ask for for christmas it's yeah the gift of nothing is a great gift oh right. oh dorothy don't we know about the gift of nothing <laughs> <laughs> the greatest gift there is what can you do with nothing everyone something, something. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you know we all live in a world of possibilities of nothing? Because everything means nothing except for the meaning that you give it. That's right. Oh, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> that's, that's too deep for a Monday night. Anyways, <laughs> with that, guys, see you next week. Stay unstoppable in all that you do and shine brightly. <laughs> we got to wear shades. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye-bye.